episode 34. My name is Justin. Hey, I'm Chris. You try to get us to say that every episode so people know we, who's talking. You came out hot with it, and, and I like and it. And we did in the past like two or three, I, I think. I like so it. So just now, I never know how to start these guys. <laughs> it's girls, guys. I say guys all the time. I'm just saying peeps, y'all. He says guys when he gets nervous. Y'all. And I just don't know how to start these. So it's usually the same. But you're the intro guy. I just sit here like Apparently. A, I don't know how that happened. You just, you're just so natural. you just so natural. I don't know natural. how that happened. I mean, it happened when we did Wednesday Night Live. That's right. <laughs> like, we did that for 35 You're, you're always weeks. coming up with questions. I don't have any questions for you today. I've kind of gone away from my random question to yeah. you. Um, but we got a lot of recap. There's, yeah. a lot, there's, there's a lot in our own lives. Yeah. Guys, I know that some of y'all, and maybe we need to put in our show notes. If you want to hear our Bible talk, <laughs> you can fast forward to this timestamp because <laughs> I have a lot of people. If you want to skip the nonsense. Well, I, was, I, have, I, have a, I have a lot of people that are like, I enjoy y'all's banter, your yeah. buffoonery, yeah. and just talking about your families and whatnot. And I got a handful of people, Buster Clemens, <laughs> that says, hey, just fast forward through that. Uh, I don't really care to hear y'all talk. I want to hear about the Bible. Appreciate um, you, Buster. And I appreciate you, Buster. And thank you for the criticism. We're still going to talk. Um, we're open to feedback. We might not listen to it. Well, no. We're, I mean, I listened. <laughs> I'm not going to apply it to our podcast. That's fair. Um, but maybe, Buster, I will text you Thursday and say, here is uh, when the Bible fast talk. to 22 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Then you're going to get it. Um, man, we had Holy Week. It's awesome. Easter. We had a good Friday service here. Just our Easter biggest crowd back in the building. Here at, here at our church was by far our biggest one yeah. back. Um, good to see the world kind of coming back to life. I guess not the world, people. It had a weird buzz. Like yeah. it had this, one, it's Easter. It's always, again, like a Super Bowl for us. Like. Right. This is the biggest day that we hang everything on. Right. And what we believe is mm-hmm. that the tomb is empty. He yeah. is risen. That's a, it's a, it's, you know, we try to have that celebratory vibe every Sunday, but like, man, there's just something, mark this day there's then. just something special about that day. Yeah. And I don't, th- I, I'm good with that. Like I, 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 like, oh, absolutely. I like putting a big old star on that day. And I mean, we, and you're right. When we talk about communion that we take every week like that yeah. should be a mm. reminder as yeah. well of that holy week in the one moment yeah, that we take a yeah. reminder but you're right there's something people get all fancied up mm-hmm. i saw some dope hats so there Sunday. was some lady hats <laughs> some serious hat action yes you get the some action <laughs> you get the uh seersucker i think this is the first I was I was disappointed. Easter in eight years that I have not worn my seersucker. It's because he's gotten too skinny, folks. His, his seersucker well, that's also don't true. fit him We anymore. moved. I don't really know where it's at. It may be in the closet somewhere upstairs. I don't know. I didn't unpack that box. Okay. Um, you just got suits laying in a box somewhere? No, I think they're probably hung up. But yeah, maybe because I can't wear my suits anymore. <laughs> I need to go buy some new suits. Well, I'm but still fat, so maybe I, you can give me all your suits. Hey, I, I, I got plenty. All right. And all the suits that I have is because I was in a wedding. Right. So my seersucker suit, like I think the weekend before we moved down here, yeah. I was in a wedding where we'd get a tan seersucker suit. Outdoor wedding. I look like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> uh, it's awesome, but I, I didn't put it on this Sunday. You know how I know I'm not like a real minister? I don't own a single suit. Yeah. 
That's going to come back to bite me you at should some have point. But you've done a wedding and stuff, but it didn't. That was that was a whole different deal. Yeah, it, that was an outdoor vibe wedding. It, it didn't call for one. Yeah. I have done weddings where like, do you have a blue suit? Okay, mm-hmm. I have a blue suit. Yeah. Do you have a black suit? I have multiple black suits because I've been in so many weddings. And now the deal is for a lot of these weddings that I'm in, if I'm like a groomsman, yeah, they're no longer running tuxedos, which I appreciate. I would rather not spend $110 and rent a tuxedo. I'd rather spend $170 and buy a suit okay. that I own. There you go. So, But the problem is like, I okay, think renting clothes is kind of weird. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> um, but it's also, I rent a black suit or I own a black suit. But now this wedding goes, our guys, we're all buying this black suit from Joseph A. Banks, yeah. this cut, this number, go get it. I'm like, but I have another black one from Joseph A. Banks Can't that I, I had to buy three years one? ago. <laughs> no, it's a different kind of black. It's not slim fitting. At the time I was like, I don't, I don't want that slim fitting. Yeah. I want that 1998 vibe. I want that baggy pants vibe. <laughs> but Hey, this is, this is related to the suit conversation. Uh, but I had this is also a new podcast um, <laughs> suit chat suit chat. Uh, I had a really odd request from from my family. Okay, uh, my uncle Larry Dale. Rico. Okay, oh, uncle even La- better. Uncle Larry Dale, up in Springfield area, yep. uh, said he wants me to speak at his funeral. But he's alive. He's alive. He and, is healthy and well. And well. I guess they were just kind of chatting about end of life wishes. And my dad was like, would you be willing to do that? And I was like, well, of course I would. Yeah. This is kind of an odd, odd time to talk about it. Like, well, we can talk <laughs> about this. Maybe they want you to start preparing now. Well, maybe. That'd be a big one. Yeah. I've, 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 never, done, a, I've done a wedding. I've not done a funeral. I, I've done a handful of funerals. Nope. I'll take that back. I've done a, I've done a handful of weddings. Yeah. Five, six, seven weddings maybe. I spoke at my dad's funeral, but yeah. it, it wasn't a big funeral. It was just family friends. Yeah. And so it, was, it, it wasn't like we were in a chapel and I did that. It was yeah. more of a smaller event. So I count that, but I don't count that. It right. was me just talking to family, yeah. which is a little bit easier. T- oh, I don't know, man. That'd be tough. I mean, it was tough, yeah. but it wasn't long. It was, un- it was nothing big formal. Yeah. But no, I'm, I, don't, I don't look forward to a day to having to do yeah. a funeral. Well, Uncle LD, I got gotcha. you. Hey, he's preparing now. Yes, I'll be ready. But hey, let's step, hey, step. Hey, don't rush it. Step. Hey, don't rush it at all. We got time. Uncle. But step one is you got to buy a suit. That's right. I, d- I don't think that I could get away uh, with doing a funeral jeans and in, in the jeans and a and a coat jacket. No. So that's coming at some point. Well, you can have that. It was all good. Easter was great. We our family spent like nine hours together the whole day. And it was awesome. And like some other families from our neighborhood. And it's just like, you get, you get, that was to me what living in community was like. So what is interesting is that a buddy of mine, Adam, who's a preacher, Adam Brewer, AKA Dean Sanderson. <laughs> the guys, legend. If you guys remember that, um, they are, he is starting a new series on Acts 2. And yeah. we, were, we were talking maybe yesterday morning about it. And he's starting this new series on Acts 2 about all the disciples met together or, or like all the believers met together and they were devoted to one another and breaking a mm. bread and reading. Right. And I was like daily, daily. And we have talked about that in our new vision here at church. And, it, and that got me thinking about like our Easter time, right? We had Easter service. Yeah. We went straight to your house. We ate, 
you and your family did a great job. Food was incredible. We were outside, kids playing forever. And then it got a little bit hot. We baked on the new deck. You, you guys got a new deck, but no covering. No, no and the cover. sun was very warm. Everybody got sunburned. So then we moved to our house. Right. And then we ended up having dinner and more families came. Yeah. And we just hung out at our house. And it was... Sun um, up to sundown, basically. Yeah, yeah, we were together for a long time. And it was fun. It was awesome. It was a good Easter. Um, we don't have any updates or notes. No state stats. No Bible buffoons global updates. Nope. But we do want to say, hey, make sure to go on our, because we say this at the end very quickly, go on the Apple podcast, whatever it's called, iTunes, whatever it's called, subscribe, give us a little shout out there, say hey to us. We're also, um, we don't tweet that much because I'm the one that does it. So, uh, but <laughs> I don't know how to tweet. Bible Buffoons, at Bible Buffoons, and then Instagram, at Bible Buffoons. Mm-hmm. And then for real, our Gmail account, our email, if you want to talk to us, because we're actually going to ask you at the end of this to send us some things, um, some comments and some stuff, but it's thebiblebuffoons at gmail.com. Um, and if you look on our show notes on Apple Tunes or Google Pod or whatever else it's on, all those are listed on there as well. So if you're like, I forgot what that is, go to the show notes. They all say, stay connected with us. Yes, and then we have that there. Um, share it, like it, send it to some people, um, or just give us feedback. Like, yeah. we are we're good. Buster gave us feedback. He just, you know, called me one day and said, <laughs> why y'all talk so much at the beginning? Um, but I like to hear it. Yeah. He's still listening every now and then. There you go. Um, so again, we kind of think over and over again, man, what's our next topic going to be? Right. I'll be honest, guys. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> I think it's the hardest part of podcasting. Doing it is fine. Do, once we have an idea and we sit it's down. great. Because we're really just kind of do some research and then we just sit down and talk about it. Which is what we want this. If you right. guys are just not listening to us, our whole goal of this is that we are two dudes in the South mm. here in Alabama, here in Birmingham. Hoover, Bluff Park, if you want to just narrow it down just a little get, bit further. Get, get micro-targeted. With really it. over there between Red Star Lane <laughs> and Turtle Creek Drive, if you want to get really right there on the intersection, that's where this podcast lives. Um, we're just two dudes. We're two ministers. We're two husbands and dads and trying to figure out this awesome book yeah. and how to apply it to our lives. And so we hope that you... Um, gained something from our talk, but more about us talking about God's word and, um, and and just our whole goal is just how do we process this as real people living real lives? Yeah. Amongst Um, other real people. And there's times where we get real on here and there's times where we get silly and goofy and talk, we talk about barbecue and burgers, which Mm. we know I've had more texts being like, why haven't you guys done more burgers? Because we ate 18 in like two days. We went went too hard out of the gate. Yeah. uh, But I had somebody Sunday say, hey, have you tried this burger? And I'm like, you're the 10th person to tell me about Ashley Max on a Friday or Saturday burger. Well, that just needs to be the next one. We'll try to get that done. When I can can get up the courage to eat another burger. I like them. Yeah, I don't know about 18 in a day or two. Um, so as we kind of figure out our topics and what we're going to do, um, one of the things that we came up with for this week, and this we hope this will be a running one, kind of like our tension series, where we kind of bring the tension, um, you know, back and forth with that series. Uh, this one is going to be what chapter in the Bible, not what verse, which mm. I think we may have done that early on. I don't yeah. remember or not, but like what's one verse or two verses that you really enjoy and like, 
Now we're going to broaden that out to like what chapter? Yeah. What chapter of the Bible really hits you hard? Yeah. One that makes you think, one that you go to on a constant um, basis time that you just say, hey, this is the chapter I want to talk to. And so uh, we talked about this the other day, like, hey, what, what chapter? Yeah. And I threw out a few and then you were like, oh, I got the chapter. Yeah. Uh, Romans 12. Yes. Romans 12. And if you are a Christian, if you've been in church at any point, you know Romans 12. Yes. Um, it is not. The Even if you don't know it's Romans 12, you've heard. You've heard Romans some 12. Some of this good stuff. We did a lot on Good Friday and Easter. And this doesn't really talk about Jesus at all. Mm. Like this isn't the story of Jesus. Right. Um, this we'll is, address that a little bit too. Yeah. This is Paul writing, um, which a lot of the New Testament's written by Paul. Uh, but this is one of Paul's writings to the church in Rome uh, at about 57, 58 AD. Right. Now, Jesus died around 30, 32, 33 AD, mm -hmm. depending on the calendar, how they look. But right. So this is about 20 or so years, 25 years after the death of Jesus. Right. Um, Paul, who um, has an awesome story and, you know, we should probably do a podcast just on the story of Paul, yeah. just of all the things that he did, which that would be a year long series. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Paul uh, ha has spent a lot of his time writing to individual people and writing to churches and right. writing to his areas. So he's writing to the church. This is Romans, right. writing to the church at Rome. At this point, Paul had not been to Rome. Right. He was in Corinth. You may know the book Corinthians, mm -hmm. um, first and second. Uh, he, he, <laughs> there's, two of them. there's two of them. He is writing to Romans, and typically Paul is addressing an issue. Right. Usually he's like, this church is in the middle of something. They're battling false teachings. Sure. They're battling um, society. Society. They're Cultural battling pressures. Yes, all yeah. these things. But this book is a little different. Yeah, it's definitely not. Not in that same vein. It, it's, it doesn't have its roots in a corrective uh, stance. Like Paul's not coming trying to fix a problem. There's no sort of like root issue with this church. It's really like this deep articulation of the gospel. And so like this is the last letter that we have of Paul's, the latest letter mm -hmm. of Paul and it's the longest. And so what you've got in this book are a lot of the themes that you see in these other letters, but it's just fleshed out more. It's like he's had more time to ponder over these things and to see it play out in real people's lives and to see what the challenges are going to be. And so he's speaking into some of those things. And from a, from in one, and well, there's lots of different ways. With it. In, in one aspect, it's just this beautiful expression of the gospel and in, in its fullness. But then, uh, from from a different angle, but in the same way, it's super practical. Like it's really talking about mm -hmm. this is what God has done for you. Now, this is how you can take that and live a new kind of life. And and if you are in a pickle or a bond one day, and you were like, I got to teach class tomorrow. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. You can get the Book of Romans mm. and pick a chapter or two, yeah. and you can spend all the time you want. I could be wrong about this, and, and we've talked about this before. I think John Piper preached through Romans for, for eight years straight, I, I believe is correct. I, I was going to say four or five, but I think you're, 
I think you're correct with I eight. I think he for spent a very a long time, long, long time marching his way through the book of Romans. And there's so much there that you could preach on it for eight years straight and never. So you are in the middle of your grad work right, right now. I remember when I did my grad work, we would take a chapter like this. And I remember, or, or even I mean, a chapter, just some verses. I remember them saying like, you need a 20 page paper on yeah. these five verses. And I'm like, it's five <laughs> verses. How am I going to write 20? But then if, if, if you do your time and you do your studies and you read it, it is easy right. to do eight years on this book. Especially this, this chapter of this book. And this chapter <laughs> of this book is rich. And so that's why we picked this. Mm. We know we cherry picked it. Yeah. Um, and you go, well, why don't you start at one? Because um, we don't want to do this for eight years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But this is well, again, and we're not even going to come close to touching everything that's in Romans twelve in this. If hour you're like, hey, you didn't hit podcast. this verse that I liked, I, we, it's going to happen. We may Prepare not. Yourselves. We may not hit that verse. Um, and so, um, our goal and what I do with our teenagers, with our student ministry, um, and what I do sometimes when I preach. Even last time I I preached a few weeks ago, my goal is I do this. I do this thing called um, dissect and digest. Yeah. How do we dissect this verse, these chapters, whatever you want to do? And how do we um, dissect it? What does it mean? What's the cultural context? What's the context today? And then how do I digest it for me living in 2021? And how does this apply? And right. a lot of Paul's writings, especially Romans, just tease it up for you sure. on practical application um, on on this. My wife just sent me a text. I said, I love you. I love you too, Mary well, Beth. Awesome. I don't know. We just got that random text from my wife saying, hey, I love you. If you think it, say it. <laughs> yep, yep. There it is. It's actually a meme of Dwight Schrute and a megaphone saying, I love you. I love you. So, yeah. So, there you go. Made my day. Thank you, Mary Beth. When you nice. listen to this, if you do. Um, well, if we're going to if we're gonna drop you into the middle of, of Romans, I, I just wanted to give us a flyover view we gave uh, you a bigger context of the book of romans yeah. a little bit of who it's to just his people but now let's funnel it down to right. what has happened before verse or chapter 12 right so i think chapter 12 is super cool one of the reasons i love it is because i think it's this pivot point in the book pivot of romans yeah right so it literally starts with the word therefore so like if you see the word therefore it's saying what I'm about to tell you is in response to what I have told you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what chapter 12 and on gives us is sort of this like, okay, what next based on what he's already told him in chapters one through 11. So just super quick, I'm going to give you like the flyover. This is not going to do it justice, but just yeah. to kind of give you an idea of how we got to where we are in chapter 12. So in chapters one through three, Paul's primarily addressing sin and the problem of sin in mm -hmm. people's lives. And he's laying it out in, in, in just a bold fashion of the nature of sin and that fundamentally it separates us from God. So one through three, we're looking at sin. Then chapters four through five is all about salvation. And it's, it's God's solution to, to the problem of sin. Uh -huh. And that solution is the work and ministry and life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then in chapters six through eight, we're, we're moving into this sanctification thing. So God came and solved this problem of sin. 
But now God's going to do something new. He's going to call you to be some, some new type of person. And it's, and it's this picture of what living your new life in God and God's power and growing, growth progressively into a more Christ-like person. Then we get chapters 9 through 11, and that's all about sacrifice. So this is where mm-hmm. he's starting to play with some of these Old Testament ideas. Um, and the, the point of it, though, is that it, we can live in confidence because God is sovereign and he keeps his promises. So 1 through 11 is basically the gospel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's just this long-form picture of the gospel and then we get in Romans 12 it's the start but it's this beautifully rich chapter that unpacks what our response in faith is to what God has done in chapters 1 through 11 so that's the that's a yeah, super that's fast <laughs> of some of the most densely theological writing in the Bible. So I know I didn't hit it all but that's just to give you an idea just of how we overview got, got to chapter 12. Where we're 12. Um so again, we're going to read some of this, and we're going to stop and talk about it, and we're going to go till we feel like we have gone too far, <laughs> just in our time-wise, because again, this could be a 10-part series on this chapter, right? Um, but uh, um, and we might go back and do some more Romans, Romans Revisited, yep. Romans 12 Revisited, um, later maybe, on down the road. Maybe for the next eight years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, if you have a chapter in the Bible that you love as much as we love Romans 12. If you're like, Ooh, I really like this chapter. I think this is rich as well. Yeah. I'd love for y'all to discuss. And this. there's tons of that. <laughs> there's plenty of that. Let us know. Yeah. Cause we would love to do this of just a chapter look at what it means. So 12, one, I'm in the ESV, ESV. Let it rip. Let it rip. We're going to do 12, one. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's one and two, and we might spend the rest of the time in one and two. So, two bomb verses crazy verses like if i had to you know people have like a life verse Uh uh-huh i think romans chapter 12 1 and 2 would be like if i go to something if i'm looking for encouragement or guidance like that's that's one of the places that i go to first and uh awesome so you know how i think i view the world in terms of relationship yep I view um, ministry in terms of relationship. I think this whole thing, we, we are uh, communal beings. We're meant to live in relationship with one another, and our faith is meant to work itself out and be lived out in relationship to one another. So pretty much the way I look at Romans 12 is in the context of relationship. Yeah. And I think we've got two, two different things here that are addressed in these first two verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tie into that for sure. So the first verse is about our relationship with God. And the picture we get here is of surrender or, or total commitment to God. Oh, yeah. By, by uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right. And uh, you know what I think is interesting? Uh, and this is something that I think we 
could change some of our language in the church world. Uh, what does it say there? It says, it says uh, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That sounds as comprehensive as you could say something. It's like, I want, yes. I want you to offer all of yourself well, to I mean, God. W- when you think about a sacrifice, right. and if they, and again, they would read this again through the mind of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. when you give sacrifices to God, yeah. if it was a goat, lamb, sheep, whatever, mm-hmm. that sacrifice is whole. Total. You're not like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to cut this toe off of this animal, right? <laughs> right? Or I'm going to cut the tail off. It's uh-huh. this whole animal, its whole body it's is, dedicated. Set, is yeah. dedicated and sacrificed to this. Right. And so Paul in the same way where they're like, okay, sacrifice. No, your entire life, living life yeah. is a sacrifice, is dedicated, devoted yeah. um, to him. Yeah. And this is interesting too. Like the word sacrifice, if you're writing to a Roman culture, the word sacrifice would have been super familiar to them, but he tags on this word living sacrifice. Yeah. And that would have been kind of a head scratcher for him. They're like, now wait a living minute. Dead. What's a, what's a living sacrifice? Zombies, what's going on over here? But, I don't think they had zombies but back then. But you're a minister. You've worked in ministry a long time. What do most people think of when we say the word worship? Uh, Sunday morning for that hour. And, and even singing. more specifically, some sort of musical, musical expression singing. of praise yep, yep, to yep, God. Yep. What I'm reading here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, is that literally every fiber of my being, every ounce of sweat I pour into work, every gift that I have, every thought that I think, every word that I speak is worship to God. I need to view yeah. my life comprehensively as an act of worship to the living God. Well, at the end of one, you know, you do this, which is your spiritual worship, right? Giving every aspect of your life is this worship. And so I think we're talking about, it's this framework when we say like, Hey, this is worship Wednesday. We're yeah. having a worship service. Yeah. We think music. Yeah. But your Christian life is all worship. You doing worship Monday, worship Tuesday, <laughs> all day. And how you do that. Um, there's a church that I worked at, that uh, they had a few doors to the sanctuary, but this main one that you go into, when you close the doors, there were signs on the back of the door, and I tried to rip them off. They were on there pretty good. <laughs> but there were signs that said, quiet, worship in progress. Uh, and I was, and, and it just hit me. I was it's like, like and, fundamentally flawed, yeah. Yeah, I was like, why do we have these signs? And the answer I got was, well, we've always had those signs, <laughs> and we want people to be reverent and quiet and to know that, hey, there's people in here worshiping. I'm like, so what we're doing outside of this building? What we're doing outside <laughs> this room? What are we doing in the children's wing or wherever it is? Like, yeah. That's also worship. Where you go to your house is also worship. Right. Um, and I love these verses where it is a every part of you. And so mm. your mindset, if we were to preach on this, which is, which is you know kind of what we're doing, we're yeah. talking about it, is every aspect of your life yeah. should be worshiped to God. Mm. Um Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Right. You want to worship well, you want to worship the best you can, you got to do it outside of that one hour on Sunday. Yeah, we don't get to play in these silos where, okay, well, when I go play golf with my buddies, Mm -hmm. that that is separate and apart from my life in Christ. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. I can act how I want. And then, but I've got these separate things that are worship, that are very Mm -hmm. specifically worship. No, that's not what the book says about it, right? 
And I think oh, it's yeah. interesting too, you know, if we're talking about this being a pivot point, it's like Paul just spent 11 chapters telling you this beautiful story of what God has done for you. In view of that, because of that, everything you do now belongs to God. Well, and if we were, I mean, because now we're on the back end of Easter and Holy Week, if you were to truly believe that the tomb is empty, mm. that he is risen, yeah, that changes everything about you right your whole brain should explode and yeah. be like whoa okay so because of that <laughs> every aspect of your life changes right if it didn't happen what are we doing here right but it did happen and when you believe that that changes who you are where every living thing that you do yeah is a sacrifice to him mm. and again that's putting on the lens and the filters whatever else you want to use that we usually talk about is everything you do goes into worshiping God mm. um, and not just this. Well, I'll, I'll just dress up on Sunday morning and I'll give on Sunday morning and I, I will pray on Sunday morning. But mm. outside of that, I'm done. Right. Every day. Yeah. And that's on us. I think that's, that's yeah. on us to reclaim that word worship and make it as big and as broad and as comprehensive as it actually is as reflected in scripture. Yeah. Cause is singing a part of it. Yes. Is serving a part of it? Yes. Is your day job part of it? Yes. All Spend of it. Time with your family? Yes. yes. Time yes. with your spouse? Yes. Friends? Yes. All of it. Everything. So then in two, so he says, one says, which is your spiritual worship? Verse two, do not be conformed to the, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, uh, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So in this, he's like, there are people that are not doing this. Mm -hmm. And we see this in our life. One of the biggest, uh, um, I think, downfalls, one of the biggest criticisms that we get of being a Christian that outsiders say to us is that we are hypocrites mm. because we put God in these silos. Sure. We, we put him in this hour. We go to church. Yeah. We're going to worship mm. instead of, no, it should permeate every aspect of our life. And so Paul says this, like, don't be conformed to what other people are doing. Right. So this world says, I can worship, I can sacrifice, I can do this on these specific times and dates and be good. Mm. No, it is more than that. Right. It is a holistic being to worship him. Yeah. And he's like, don't be conformed to those around you. Right. Don't, don't, don't look like that. And I think for us in the South, I'll talk about this a lot with our students is, um, we got some big high schools down here in Birmingham. Huge. We got a we got multiple seven A schools. Yeah. In one district. Yeah. Uh, like there's two seven A schools in Hoover, and then you have them, um, Oak Mountain and Spain Park, or Spain Park's one of those. Homewood, Vestavia, they're just massive schools. And so I try to tell our students, what percentage of the people in your in your school would you say is Christian? And they mm. typically will say like, ninety eight percent. Yeah. Like we're just in the South. We kind right. of grew up in that. And well, I'm that's like, changing too. But. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's also changing. But what, uh, um, but how many do you see of them that are actually truly living it? Mm. And it's like, oh, well, it's kind of hard to put that, you know, number on there because we're all trying to grow and right. it's hard as a teenager. But because this 98% of the people that you're with every single day says they are Christian, are you living like them or are you truly yourself trying to read 
and grow spiritually yeah. and mature and living a way that is different. Right. So, so like not being conformed to the pattern of this world also means to those around you that say they're Christians and they're not living it. Right. You don't have to walk with them either. Do your best every single day to read this book and to grow in what God wants you to be. Yeah. So I talked about, you know, the relationship aspect of this. And in this verse one, we get uh, some insight into our relationship with God. I think our, this verse two speaks really specifically to our relationship with the world. Mm -hmm. And so that's the world as scripture is kind of defining it. It's the cultural forces. It's uh, a media. It's all these things that are trying to tell you who you are. Uh -huh. tell you how to live your life, tell you what's important, tell you what to spend your money on. Yep. And Paul's coming right at that. And because we're talking about Rome, man, like this was the cultural capital of the world, of the world of at this point. And so lots of new ideas, lots of different ideas, lots of ideas that run really counter to the message of Jesus. And Paul's saying, you're going to be assaulted on a daily basis with ideas that don't fall in line with your new life in Christ. You cannot allow yourself to be molded by those forces. You gotta be transformed. And I, I think this is interesting. It, it doesn't say be transformed by your renewed mind. Like it's this one time oh, yeah. event. And, and I'm in Christ now, so all of a sudden I've got this new way of thinking. I think this is a practice. This, oh, is, it has to be. this is a discipline. It's I'm going to choose what I'm taking into my mind and into my heart, and I'm going to filter those things by the word of God and let myself be conformed mm -hmm. to the mind of Christ, right? And then there's this, and, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I, I'm not a <laughs> Romans expert, but I think it's interesting. You've got, you've got a command where he's saying, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So yes, the, the result of that will be that you'll know what God's will is in your life. That's like what, that's the question we get we more often than anything yeah. in ministry. It's like, how do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know what what's the right decision to make in this? Well, if you're waiting to the point of decision to try to get to get your mind right, <laughs> yeah. you're too late. It's got to be this daily practice of of knowing God, uh, knowing God's will, um, and uh, renewing yourself through through good relationships, uh, prayer, meditation, all these things. And the reason for that is so that you'll know how to make decisions and to know what God's will is in your life. I think that's really interesting. I don't know the logistics there. I don't know if there's, I don't know how it works is what I'm saying, <laughs> but, but it's well, the spirit, like they're, right? They're, yeah, you've got yeah. the spirit of God, but it's like, if, if you conform yourself to the world, you're not going to be able to know God's will. If you transform yourself by the renewing of your mind, you're going to know God's will. I just think that's interesting. Well, and I think this this goes a little countercultural to what we like. We like endpoints. We like finish lines, right? Check marks, and you know one thing that we do at our church that I really like, and a lot of churches do this, is that we celebrate baptism, right? That when a child, a teenager, anybody, any age decides whether you're 12 or whether you're 112, and you're mm -hmm. like, I give my life to Christ. And in this public display of 
baptism, whether it's in front of the whole church or in front of two people, this idea of I'm giving my life to Christ, we celebrate and we clap and right. it's like this celebration and, and it should be. Right. But that is not the end point. Sure. We put a lot of emphasis on like, are they getting baptized? Are they getting <laughs> yeah. baptized? Are they getting baptized? Well, you can do it and be done with it and say, hey, I'm saved. I'm done. Yeah. No, now that is a starting point mm. of your true life in Christ. Yeah. And it takes this renewal, this transformation of your mind over Practice. and over yeah. and over again. And it's tough. I mean, and it's tough. I know at our church and every other church, there might be issues that come up to your church, right. that come up to your elders, shepherds, deacons, bishops, whatever hierarchy is at your church on, hey, maybe we need to revisit this stance that we have on X, Y, Z. Sure. And it's hard for some people to say, well, this is what I believe my entire life. And mm. my granddaddy's believed this and my dad believed this. And this is what we've always done. But we don't just get to read it and say, I know everything about this right now. I'm done. <laughs> it is a constant renewal and just transformation. You're not done. Your spiritual walk does not end at baptism. It doesn't end when you're 60 years old. It, it is always. And I think true mature Christians, if you were to go to the people out of church that are in their 80s and say, do you know all this? Mm. Not like, do you know... Um, dates and kings and times and book chapter verse, but do you truly know the scriptures? They're going to yeah. say, no, <laughs> I'm every day working to grow in this. Yeah. Um, and that could be daunting to a 10 year old yeah. to a 15 year old say, I'm never going to get this right. No, because we're flawed. We're not yeah. perfect, but that's the fun part of the journey is walking and transforming yourself into what God wants you to be and what, and what you think it may be when you're 15 yeah. to be different when you're 25 and 35 and 65, because you're renewing constantly and you're growing, maturing. Yeah. That's a, it reminds me of something funny I read uh, this week. I was uh, starting a new book and uh, the intro to the book or the forward to the book was written by, you know, somebody in our church community, not our church community, like the larger fellowship yeah. of church of Christ. Somebody that's real well known, you know, super smart, well-seasoned guy. And uh, he was just talking about how when somebody comes to faith in Christ, we know how to get them to that point. We're like, here are the things that you need to do to 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 be in Christ. Well, well, in our church, there's what like the five steps. There right? you go. Yeah, and and but then he said what we what we've really fallen short on is what we tell them to do after that. And he said the the standard the standard advice is read your Bible and pray. And he was like, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I just read the book of Zechariah. And I had no idea what any of it meant. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just like you're gonna con you're gonna have times like that. But it's yeah. like you just go back to the you you you've got to refresh yourself, renew yourself on a daily basis. Well, that's prayer. what I said like yeah. a few weeks ago when I, when I did the one by myself. I said, "Hey, read a book that you haven't read in a long time, right. or maybe you've never read it. Yeah. Go back and read it and just see how God is speaking to you in those times." And yeah. It is. Uh, it's also very encouraging to know somebody who is seasoned. Yeah. Who is? I just liked how honest he was. Yeah, he was like, like, I had hey. no idea what it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, okay. It's yeah. still there for you to read it. Yeah. And go and read it and do your research. And I think a part of this as well is to be humble enough to say, I may need to go to some outside sources. Mm. Um, and I know some people don't believe in that. Um, yeah. I I have been uh, faced with people when I'm like, hey. Here's a book that I read on this on this topic. I think mm. you would enjoy it. Yeah. Why would I, why would I need to read that book? And I'm like, well, 
I know that these people are smarter than me. Right. And I trust them. Right. Um, and so I want to go to outside sources. And there's some people that say, God gave me the spirit, gave my mind. I can read. I can read what it says and be done with it. And that's true for a lot of things. Well, I think it's true for this first part of here in 12. Like, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. There's some things where I need people to speak to me and I need them to, um, they have a gift of teaching sure. and they have a gift of explaining and learning. And, yeah. you know, maybe you're working 10 hour days, 12 hour days mm. all day long and you don't have time to put extra work into doing the research. Yeah. There's people that do. Yeah. And I'm thankful for those people. Yeah. I think, I think you just hit on like a fundamental part of this. Like, yeah, we absolutely do have the spirit and we can read the word and it can speak to us. But I think we're also like supposed to do this in community. Oh yeah. So, and I think that's happened at different, in different ways at, uh, over the, over the history of Christian faith. But like we get to live in this time now where we have our community is infinite. Basically we yeah. have access to people all around the world. It's not who just who thinking, lives on our block. I mean, we have the internet. We can now listen to, yeah, and, anyone across the world, we can listen to them. And to, to downplay the awesome resource that it is that we have access to that and then trust in the spirit of God to lead you into truth. And then for you to discern like, right. Hey, I don't think what they're saying lines up. And then mm. you can go back and not be like, well, I, yeah. I'm just going to listen to everything they say. And whatever they say, mm. I believe in. No, you also have the spirit to discern yeah. that as well. One of my favorite things is when I get um, other teachers to teach some of our classes to the students. Um, hey, I'm going to be out this week, or hey, I need a guest speaker. I think they're going to relate to this. And me asking other people to speak and getting a response, well, I'm not a good teacher. I don't know a lot about this. I'm like, it's okay. You have two or three weeks. Yeah. Do your research. Here's some topics. Here's the idea. Here's this flow to do. And then for me to see them teach to students in a totally different way than I would, and right. for them to bring their perspective into it, they're like, man, I – I don't know if I can do this or, you know, at the end of it, they're like, I hope that was good. I was like, that was incredible because you <laughs> brought your life into sure. this, which is different than my life. Right. And you may not think you can do this, but you can. Um, and so having that kind of framework in that as well. Um, well, we've made it two whole verses. <laughs> <laughs> we've made it two whole verses. Uh, being transformed by the renewal of your mind, we need to constantly be renewed. And that is an that is a uh, active. Mm, it's a uh, decision. Yeah. It's an active decision. Yeah. This isn't sitting down every night saying, God, make me smarter in the Bible today. And then you get up not doing it. He's like, hey, I gave you a brain. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I gave you people around you. I like you need to actively renew your mind. Yeah. And a part of that is quiet time with God and mm, listening to him. and discerning. Absolutely. But it's also with other people as well. Well, last thing I'll say about this. Um, I think what we see here and we've, we've said this before. You're not, you're not going to be neutral here. You're going to be molded. You're going to be conformed. You're going to be transformed by something. Oh, yeah, that's Everything right. around you is affecting you. You get to choose what is going to impact you in a deep way. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, this doesn't really apply to me. It absolutely does. Yes. You get to choose, choose, um, choose these things that we've talked about. I think about. I said this here before, but when my like go-to communion talk when I have to do communion thoughts is I make this as simple as possible to when I was in middle school and thinking about communion and thinking about life in this is um, you are what you eat. Mm. <clears throat> and are you putting good stuff in your body? Are you putting the good words of God and other people in the spirit to then be like, okay, now that's going to you know take over. So mm -hmm. exactly what you said, 
you are being transformed. Yep. You get to determine who pay you're attention. being transformed yeah. by and pay attention. All right, guys. Well, that's it. We did two <laughs> verses. Um, we'll jump into a little bit more. Again, we may have to do this a few more times coming up here soon. Two verses. <laughs> I knew we wouldn't get far, but I mean, I got, I got so many, I mean, we, yeah, we'll go in a little bit more and you know what guys, we may, I, I will say this right now. We're going to hit Romans 12 part two next week. Yeah. We're going to finish. We won't wait a month to finish Romans 12. We're going to do part two next week because it's awesome. There you go. It's rich. All right. So let's get a little bit more. All right. Are you good for a little bit more? Let's go. Yeah. Verse three. Uh, mine says gifts of grace is the title on top of mine on my ESV. So three says, for by, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of themselves more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Come on. All right. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about this here in the past few chapters. Yeah. Um, at, at the beginning, to overcome among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Mm. I think the number one sin is um, uh, that we lack humility. Mm. It's definitely my number one sin. Pride. Pride. I mean, I, think I don't think I'm alone, but I think just in general, I think in general, when we look at scripture, yeah. I think pride mm. and when we look to everyday life, right? I think pride is a number one sin and a lack of humility. And Paul just hits it right here and says, yep. look, this is what you got, man. Yep. Be humble in what you do. Mm. Um, which I love here. It says gifts of grace. Mm. It is by grace that right. we have all these things. So mm. we have this. If we even go back to verse one, let's, right. let's go back. <laughs> I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Right. The reason we're in the situation, the reason that, that we have eternal life with him because of Jesus on the cross, empty tomb, tomb lived his life for us, died for us, is because of the mercies and grace that God has given us. Yep. He spent, we, he spent 11 chapters going <laughs> way in depth on it. Yeah. We did not do anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't raise him from the dead. Mm -hmm. I, there's, 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 there's no magic door that I can go through. You killed him. <laughs> the exact opposite of raising him from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Our sinful nature put him on that cross. Exactly. And for all those people that he did that to, again, um, you know, we talked about it, about the Monday, Thursday, like Judas. Mm. Judas himself got his feet washed. Yeah. Judas himself lives in this grace. Yeah. Um, and so do we. And so to be humble enough to think like, it's not because of what I've done that I am now sitting in a good, um, right stance with God. Mm -hmm. No, I fall every day. I mess up every day. Um, but by the mercies of God and by the gifts of grace, I know that I'm saved. Yeah. So continuing on my relationship theme, I think what we have in this section is uh, a picture of how we can deal uh, in a healthy way with the relationship. This might be, uh, 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 well, I'll just say, how we can <laughs> deal in a healthy way with the relationship with ourselves. Oh yeah. And, and, it, and how should we deal with ourselves? We should be sober in our self-assessment. 
And one thing I was thinking about when we were kind of going through this, it was like, I don't, I don't necessarily, well, maybe that's not right. I think for <laughs> some people, specifically people who struggle with pride yeah. or, um, or with humility, do we self-assess at all? Or are we, do we take time to reflect? Um, and then I think- we I think we're reactive to certain things. Right. I don't think we take the downtime to reflect and to say, hey, now's the time that I need to really assess who I am and myself. Yeah, and I, don't, I, I just don't think that's a very common, normal thing that people do. But Paul's saying here that it's one, really important, and that it requires like a level of faith in you to be able to do this in, in an honest way. I think like the the natural state of the human heart can't self-assess in a way that's that is honest because we don't have that right view of what God has done for us through Christ. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we assess so many things in our life. Sure your bank account, mm -hmm. where's money going in, Right. how's money going out. And I think some people would view that as self-assessment. Right, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm getting to. Sorry, I jumped in. No, 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 no. We look at our Google Cal, how can, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Do I have free time? Right. We gotta take dinner to somebody, we got ball games, mm -hmm. we got this, we got work, doctor's appointment, whatever it is, we kind of assess that area. We assess, uh, um, I would say more with our time and money right. is really what we do. They can do our church. This weekend we have um, a marriage retreat, a mm -hmm. marriage conference that we do here called Grace Marriage. Shout out to Grace Marriage, it's great stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I love about Grace Marriage is it is not somebody up there for four hours saying, here's how to be a good husband. Right, right. Take out the trash, mm -hmm. love your wife. It's a lot of time of you and your spouse sitting together with these questions. Yeah. And sometimes it is awkward. Yeah, doing some assessment. But it has to be healthy, sober, real, all right, this is, this is where I am. And then you have somebody in relation mm. that knows you well right. to say, oh, you scored that on that? Do you think, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I, I see a little different. Or what are <laughs> things that I can work on? What are things that I need to do better at? What are things that I do well? Right. And one thing I love about Grace Marriage is that they, <clears throat> they make you and let you speak uh, um, in a healthy way to your spouse saying, hey, you do this very well right. and I really like this. Mm -hmm. and what are ways that we can both work to, to do this? But how often do we do that in our spiritual life? Right. Do we sit down and there's no, I mean, I'm sure you can go online right now and probably find a quiz, <laughs> but do you, do you take, how long do you look at your bank account? How long do you look at your calendar? How long do you look at schedules? And for f three, four, five hours, we're doing grace marriage. Right. Do you spend that time on yourself? Right. Saying, Hey, how long do I listen to God? How am I working on this? Where are areas that God is pulling me to say, hey, you need to have a renewed mind mm. in, in your pride, yeah, in your service, in your speech, in your right. love, and just whatever it is. And so um, we know how to do this, mm. but this is hard. Right. It's awkward for your... So as awkward as it is doing this with your spouse, mm -hmm. it's even more awkward doing it with yourself, especially if you do it in an honest way. Well, and what makes it an, another twist of this is you, you can't lie. Right. Well, you can. Well, but you know you're lying and, and God, God knows, knows you're lying, right? And so, <laughs> so, that's, it's so that's what I'm saying, right? So it's pointless. So you can't lie and be like, 
well, no, I think I do a pretty good job. And you're like, no, I really don't. And God's like, no, you don't. Like, I know. Um, it, it, it but I has, love you anyway, but yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah, but please don't lie like that because we know you don't do this. Um, so it takes time. Right. Um, and, it, and it takes honest um, assessment. It takes heart. It takes... Yeah. I mean, and, and prayer, quiet time, meditation, mm-hmm. contemplation is is the key here. It's like you got to get quiet. You got to turn off the distractions and connect with God and just kind of open yourself up and say, hey, where are the the parts of my life where I haven't let you in yet? Or what am I hiding from you? What am I hiding from myself? What am I just lacking in Mm -hmm. in that I haven't made a priority to do these things? And maybe you're not actively trying to keep God out of that. Right. Maybe you're just, it's just not in your mind. And you know, there may be some things where you're actively trying to keep God out of, but there may be some things where you're just like, heck, I haven't thought about that mm. because we're so siloed thinking or right. we're so in the box and try to be like, no, it is this living sacrifice. Right. Everything that I do, God, is for you. Now help me see where I need you to end. Right. In this, in this part right here. Well, and so it, it may seem like as you're reading this passage here, that Paul kind of takes a weird left turn, but I think it definitely connects because he jumps right from this self-assessment, sober judgment mm-hmm. of yourself into what role do you play in your faith body, in your church community, uh-huh. right? And this is something that we hit on all the time here. It's like, I have a certain skill set, you have a certain skill set, we got how many people work here full time? Our church, staff? yeah, like eight know, people. Yeah, um, there's eight of us. We all have different skill sets, but the sum total of those skill sets is not what it takes for this church to be healthy. It takes every member doing this sober assessment to understand what God is doing in your life, what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then the outcome of that is you take what you learned and you plug it into a church community. It's saying, uh, you know, just like a body has all these different parts, Mm -hmm. so does the body of Christ. And it's like, we've all got these different gifts and they're gifts from God. It's a grace that God has been giving you. And so if your gift is prophesying, do it, you better do it in, in church. You better do it and, and, and bless your church body, um, with that gift. Uh, if it's serving, you better be plugging that into your church community and serving there. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, be generous. If it's leadership, govern diligently. Uh, if it's show mercy, showing mercy, do it cheerfully. So it's like the point of your self-reflection is not so that you just have some deeper understanding of who you are. The point of your self-assessment is so that you can jump into a body of Christ and take whatever it is that God has given you, whatever grace God has given you and, and bring it to life in community. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will look and say, well, there's only a few jobs at church. Like you can sing, you can teach, you can preach. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have those. So I'm done or, you know, but there's a lot of other things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we, there's pulled, an infinite amount of things, Absolutely, what, whatever it is that you are good at, it yeah. can be used. And in. don't look at, you know, having this 
sober, humble mindset of um, maybe not thinking down at yourself, but thinking, well, because I can only mm. quilt, mm. I, I, I'm not over here leading singing to a thousand people. Right. But here at our church, we have a Meemaw's quilt yeah. Meemaw's quilt ministry and they make blankets for newborn babies. They make blankets for people at the hospital and they right. do things. And these ladies that go, I know how to do this. Right. I enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it to God's glory. Right. It's like, amen. Like, and they know that they're not over here preaching and speaking, but they are ministering to people in a totally different way right. that is needed in mm-hmm. a body. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not just upfront things. It yeah. is everything. And we have people at this church. We have like an admin committee people, Man, I can barely count to 10. But there's people here that <laughs> know how to do numbers and stuff. You don't want me doing long-term financial planning for this church. I'll Heck just tell you no. that. <laughs> Heck no. Um, but it's, but they use that. And people that can build and people that can do this and, right. and artistic and all these different ways. Find the gift that God has given you mm-hmm. and use it for his glory inside and outside. And it may not be what your job is. So it may right. be like, hey, I'm a financial planner. Let me help with church or Hey, I do construction. I can help build something for this. Maybe it's something else that you like to do and, and you're passionate the, about. That's part of that assessment. Uh-huh. It's like, let God dig into your heart and reveal these things to you. And, and what you just said, man, that's a, like the way that people typically think about church ministry is a super, I, I don't want to get in trouble here, but it's a very worldly way of thinking. Yeah. It's like, Look at the preacher. He's up there. Mm-hmm. Look how awesome mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant. I could never do that. So I, I'm just going to stay quiet and do over here. And they don't need me. Our preacher himself, he said it on Monday. He says it all the time. He's like, I'm no better than anybody else. My job is different. Yes. I have a very specific calling at this church, but I'm no better than anybody else. Same for you yeah. and same for me. We're no better we might be worse than Meemaw's quilts. <laughs> you <laughs> right? know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. but at the cross, it's this level playing field. And that's what's truly remarkable about the Christian faith. It's like, we're all in this together. Well, and show me in here where it says you got to have a full-time song leader, full-time preacher, full-time connections minister, Uh-oh. full-time youth minister. Right? But it says we're all here to serve. Right. And I promise you this. We love it at our church. And I promise whatever church you go to, if you go to those that are in charge, that are leading, whatever it may be, and you say, hey, I have this skill set. How can I use it here at church and help people? Yeah. They're going to be like, thank you. They're going to be raring to go. Let's find a way right. to plug you in um, and do this. And um, and if it's a good church and it's a healthy church, they're going to help you. Yeah. Uh, a move in that way yeah. of, well, let's figure out maybe there's another ministry or a thing, or maybe there's another organization outside this church that really needs your help that right. we know of. Let's get you plugged in there that you can serve. Yeah. Um, everything from quilts to building, to mm. riding bikes, to math, to painting, to foster parenting, foster parenting, uh, crisis management, counseling, everything, leadership training. There's all these things that you're thinking, changing car tires, right? Mentoring. Yes. There's all these things that God wants to use. And so don't think of yourself below anybody. Don't think of yourself any higher than anybody because you have an upfront position. Mm. Um, because if we, if, if you didn't do what you did at your church, I promise you there won't be a church anymore. Right. And I promise you that that preacher will notice Mm. and be like, something's wrong here. Cause it's like, Oh, well we put you or you think you're it. And it's not right. It's everybody working together. Yep. Um, 
and and that's what we're called. That's what we're called to do here. These few verses here in Romans. <laughs> um, all right. So just a quick overview. Be transformed. Yes. Constantly renewal of your mind. Everything you do is worship. Every single thing you do is worship. Um, spend time to renew. Spend mm. time to think about and assess who you are in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual relationship with Him and and other people. Um, I think that's huge as well. And find your um, find your calling, whatever right. that may be, and use it to Him. Mm. Um, go to your church. Go to organizations. Use it for His glory, not just for your bank account, not just for your enjoyment, but for His glory. Right. And a lot of times, they're going to line up. Yeah. Like, God wants you to use... He gave you that passion, and He wants you to use that passion for Him. Right. Um, and so find a way to do that as well. Man, we got a whole nother 9 through 21 to hit. That we're going to hit next week. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to come back at you guys. We're not going to finish this today. Uh, we're already a super long podcast. Mm. Uh, we're going to hit it next week. Yes. Um, again, rate, re- rate and review and smash, smash that subscribe button. Thank you. Uh, and make sure you say what's up. And again, if you guys have another verse or a chapter, hit us up on our ways to stay connected. Yeah. Romans 12. I'm hey, excited. Last thing for me today. I uh, just got a text from my dad. I haven't said anything about this on the podcast, yeah. uh, but my mom uh, has breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second time that she uh, is going to go through this fight. And my dad uh, texted me while we were podcasting that they are taking her back uh, for surgery today. So uh, all our podcast friends out there, my mom's name is Barbara. Yeah. Uh, if you could throw up a Pray prayer for, for her, uh, we can get as many people praying. Uh, and she's going to beat this thing and God's going to take care of her. Um, we trust in that, uh, but want as many people pleading absolutely. on her behalf as we can get. So appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, cool. Well, Hey, we love you guys and we will catch y'all next week. Bye friends. See you.